Hello, friendos, and welcome to the second official season of A Thousand Tiny Tantrums. This one will actually be, you know, proper season length instead of the six-episode... Um, trial run. Trial run that we had <laughs> the... the oh, I forget what they're called. It's a TV term. Pilot? Um, pilot, yeah. yeah. Pilot season, and then our WandaVision <laughs> coverage that followed <laughs> that. Um, and then our angry kink... <clears throat> rant from yeah. last week which is our most viewed and listened to yeah. episode of the podcast I, by it, a mile yeah but i think there's a lot of that's because like the um the fans of the james somerton channel uh weren't aware channel. that we had a podcast a regular po- well it's presumably a lot of them podcast. weren't yeah no. so now we have you know people that are listening to us that... and now they are aware yeah and so welcome yes mm-hmm. we're still not doing the, t- the floating <clears throat> talking heads that's yeah. probably not going to happen anymore unless apple makes some kind of uh mac software that will just let you record them which would be really cool it like they, so they were so cute i it miss was. them i miss them a lot we're, we just have um angry people yelling into cartoon bubbles now <laughs> um but so this episode is officially episode seven mm-hmm. the fandom awakens yes yeah. And much like the sequel trilogy, we had to you had to wait an eternity for this sequel season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, probably won't be worth it. So <laughs> Directed by JJ Abrams. Will there be an episode nine? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Might just skip to episode ten. So um, yeah, the fandom awakens. Yeah, the fandom awakens, which we are going obviously the what we're talking about today is fandoms, fandom culture, all of that. And you guys. Yeah. You folks. You people. I, you know, I've always been a part of fandom culture. I'm mm-hmm. a huge nerd. Um, whether it was when I was young, being ex- super excited about, you know, like Star Wars and wrestling and things like that. Or now, and, and you know, eventually, you know, DC, Batman, Marvel, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And now kind of... You having, are the nexus being of the fandom. Well, now I have <laughs> fans which is so weird. Speaking of, how did it feel to get recognized in the bookstore oh today? Oh my god. <laughs> so I went, I bought a new Apple Watch today as a an impulse purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's what Apple does to me. Um, I bought an Apple Watch in 2016. I've had it all these years. I figured, you know, I, I had, that's the longest I've ever had an Apple product mm-hmm. without updating. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was at the mall buying a new Apple Watch and... The bookstore is right next to the Apple store. So I Mm -hmm. bought the watch and then I went to the bookstore just to have a look around to see if they had anything uh, pertaining to a project I'm working on. And um, one of the workers came up and asked me if I needed any help. I said, no, I was fine. And then they kind of took a step back and said, I don't mean to be weird, but are you James Somerton? And then kind of fanboyed on me. And I didn't know how to react because that has never happened to me in person at all. It's happened online once or twice, um, but never in person. And it, you know, certainly didn't hurt that he was a cute blonde with curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, never does. No. And I like, what color? What kind of blonde was it? Like brassy like, blonde, no, platinum no, like blonde, blonde. Okay. Like the blonde that babies have. Okay. So my like um, super yellow blonde. Yeah, grade school friend named David blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we kind of had a little bit of a back and forth and stuff, and then I kind of hunted around in the store and been like, "Is there anything I can buy so that I can talk to him again?" <laughs> um, 
there wasn't anything that I could justify buying because I had just spent $600 on an Apple Watch and I have four or five, well, I have four or five books on my official to be read uh, list that are sitting on my bookshelf by my bed and then probably 20, 30, 40 books that are just in my room that I haven't finished reading or Mm -hmm. have read. You have a sticker system. I do. I have a sticker system and then I have four books coming this week. Um, Jesus. But two of them are research. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I couldn't really justify buying a book. But I may return there. Well, I will return there. Yeah, you, that's like your favorite place to just go is that tiny bookstore in the mall. Just wander around <laughs> the bookstore. Um, oh my God, there was one time when you went into a bookstore, like one of the bigger ones. Like in, Ca- in Canada, we don't have Barnes and Nobles, but Barnes and Noble, but like. Stop kicking me. Sorry, I need to stretch my foot out because I hurt my knee while I was doing the photo shoot today. Um, and. Nick was doing a photo shoot while I was going and shopping for expensive wristwear. Yeah, I wasn't the model. I was the one taking the pictures, and some of them turned out nice. I can't wait to show them to you. Anyway, uh, you went to like hunt for books in the chapters one time, and you were in there for an hour, and like I was just in like shorts and a t shirt, and I swear to God, I got hypothermia. When? Because it was, was so air conditioned. <laughs> when I was a teenager, um, I would get, and like a preteen and everything, I would get $50 a week for allowance. Jesus. Because That's I would go into the mall That's and I would either spend that $50 on books mm-hmm. or I would buy a book and a DVD. And that's why my parents were like, yeah, we'll give him $50 a week because he's he's literally spending it on, like, basically educational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Sleeping Beauty books and... Very educational. And, you know, and like Rice DVDs would of Showgirls. strongly argue that um, it was, in fact, educational. And Showgirls is a master class in subversive filmmaking. Um, but I would... My my father would... If he was taking me to the mall, he would sit in the car and wait for me. My mother would leave. <laughs> and then she would be like, yeah, call she the right me idea. when you're done. Because she knew that I would be in there for... A good hour. Like, because I, st- I started and, buying books and, lately and that's like, again. That bookstore, yeah, you, have, you haven't read them. I am, actually. I'm halfway through one of them. Oh, what I, one? Coraline. Oh. Yeah. Um, but that bookstore was about the same size as the, the one I was in today. Mm-hmm. So when I moved and discovered that bookstores could be huge, mm-hmm. the first time I ever went into a Chapters, which is a pretty big bookstore... Not um, as big as Barnes and Noble's, like I don't know, like two well, size wise, size? you don't know how yeah. big. A, like Barnes and Noble is different sizes depending I mean, like, on. The, I know they, yeah. I know, but the the chapters is pretty big, mm-hmm. and like it's a, it, it's a pretty good size. You know, it's about the size of a hardware store. Mm-hmm. That's and, actually yeah, good, good, good person. And I went in, and there was enough time for me walking in the door, to me checking out and leaving. For my mother to leave, go visit my aunt, go to the airport to pick up my other aunt. The airport's a half hour away. Mm-hmm. Drive back, <laughs> drop my aunt off at my other aunt's house, and then come back to the bookstore. <laughs> there was enough time. And I came out with a handful of books. It was just yeah. Yeah. like, not a handful, like an armful. Anyway, fandoms. Mm-hmm. Um Books have, you know, fans. I was just saying, like, I went into the bookstore. Like, I kind of knew the two authors that I was targeting. I found them. I had a hard... You didn't know the name. I got mistaken. I thought that one of them had a different name. Olivia Butler. Yeah. And I'd read one of her books in university. I read Beloved in university. 
and I, I just completely off. forgot her name. That was back when I was on the meds, honey. <laughs> I don't remember anything from those five years. I was playing Mass Effect 3, and like I somehow got to the end of the game my first playthrough. I didn't realize that I was as far along as I was. But I was playing through sections of Mass Effect 3 and be like, I have no recollection of this. <laughs> Absolutely no recollection. And uh, like Mass Effect 2, like I knew Mass Effect 1, I knew just Mass Effect 3. I had I, I half of the game didn't register. You know, I, to I actually totally get that because mm -hmm. there are books that I read as a preteen when I was in, like, f super duper anxiety phase mm -hmm. um, that I've reread recently. I've mm -hmm. been like, I don't remember reading this at all, yeah, and but I own it. Believe it or not, they have actually linked memory loss to anxiety. I believe it. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's one of those things like, like <laughs> people who have lived with anxiety <laughs> and depression, say. like, yeah, I, I, I could have told you this if you would have asked me. In fact, I've been telling people I have had memory problems for my entire life. And I've been told that, oh, everyone has memory problems. Everyone forgets something sometimes. But no. yeah, like, um, those were the meds that I was on that I, I have no emotional attachment to anything in those five years. I called them the five lost years. And like, which is so weird for me because, you know, you've watched TV shows, movies with me. Like, I'll talk about them the next day. Like, I've just watched them. And you're like, I don't oh, remember yeah. that part. Like, that's one thing that, like... <laughs> really useful for doing videos with. Well, yeah, I was going to say, because, like, working with you on videos, like... Yuri on Ice. I had to watch that three times mm -hmm. to be able to really form an opinion. Yeah, and you when, watched it once. And I, when 10, I read the script, I, I wrote like 8,000. 8,000. 8,000, but like I remembered specific... No, it was 10. I cut 3,000 out of it. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. You cut more words out of it than you added. <laughs> yeah, for that one. It's true. Um, uh, that's true. That's on me for writing too much and getting very tangential. Um there's only one part of that I do that I'm sad didn't make it in, and that's because I didn't have wasn't able to explain it to you, like what it actually was, mm -hmm. which is on me. Um, but yeah, like having that five years where I just don't remember media that I consumed, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah. That was someone else living in my body for five years. But yeah, fandoms. Fandoms, right. Um, we're talking about my psychological trauma. <laughs> so I had a fandom experience, Yeah, which was very... Cathartic, I imagine. It weird. Was, it was it was weird because I had never experienced that before. Mm -hmm. Like I well, I had had like mini experiences. Yeah. Like when I was in elementary school, and I would you know dance in talent shows. Afterwards, yeah, yeah. people would come up to me and be like, "Oh my god, blah blah blah." Oh, I have to sneeze. I have to sneeze. Faces. I have to sneeze. Just keep talking. I'll sneeze. Just okay. let it happen. <laughs> okay, I don't have to sneeze anymore. Um, and, you know, people would come up and say, oh, my God, you're so, so there was like that. But then the next day, well, no, people would still be talking about it the next day. But, you know, a week later, it, mm -hmm. it was just gone. Yeah. And well, this was like a total like total, random. This was a total stranger. Yeah. They had no idea. I had no idea who they were. And, you know, they approached me as a part of their job, mm -hmm. but then kind of clicked. I guess my 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 glasses are kind of people point mm -hmm. out my glasses a lot, how blue yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, and then the zelda mask probably gave me away um but it was just i didn't know how to react because it's incredibly not off-putting is the wrong word because i loved it because i have an ego um <laughs> everyone does there are people who don't just deny it yeah but it was just so like how do i do this i, I should clarify everyone has an ego it's just that they like their ego being fulfilled in different ways yeah and Afterwards, 
I suddenly, for the first time, got how a lot of people who mm-hmm. are on like YouTube and stuff like mm-hmm. that say, you know, if you see me in the mall, don't just come up to me. Yeah. Um, really? People say like, oh, don't talk to me if you see me in the mall. Well, like, because, you know, they, they like to have their privacy. And yeah, stuff that's true. And, that's true. Or, you know, come up to me and say, you know, like, I'm a big fan or whatever. But, you know, don't try to have a big interaction with mm-hmm. me or something like that. With this particular interaction, I was fine. But I could, I understood how, if that was happening all the time, mm-hmm. that it could be like, oh, you're at a restaurant eating dinner and you have people coming up to you. Apparently that's a very American and British thing, specifically like British American thing for like kind of to treat celebrity that way, just like kind of fangirl over them. Cause I was reading an article for, about someone who was writing on Bjork, um, writing about Bjork (laughs) and he was with her in a bar in Iceland. And she was kind of just talking about how she just goes to a regular bar and just vibes with people. Nobody really comes up to her. People know she's Bjork, but they don't approach her. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of an element of the culture that you don't approach some random people. Um, Well, yeah, which is also kind of a very German thing from what I've heard. You kind of leave a very uh, strict private boundary Mm -hmm. between privacy, which I think, you know, that's a little bit healthy. Like, yeah. certainly more so than, um, you know, like Avril Lavigne having to wear a blue wig and shades and a hoodie and still getting recognized and swarmed by fans. Like, yeah. And I mean, I, I doubt that's ever going to happen with me. I don't know. Um, but, like, it was really enjoyable because it was a great boost to my ego. And, like, obviously, you know, he was really cute. So that was really nice. Um, but I got that, okay, if this did happen all the time... Because you're kind of put in a situation where it's like, okay, time to perform, time mm-hmm. to be nice. Mm-hmm. And Whereas, for instance, could you imagine me in that situation? No. Yeah. Um, because people have, like, messaged me on, like, dating apps mm-hmm. and stuff and said, oh, I love your videos and stuff. But there's a, there's a level of detachment there. Yeah. And sadly, that's one thing I don't like about myself. I'm not very approachable. And this is something I've had to learn after literally 30 years of life, is that I'm not the kind of person and I'm really 30 years I, I would have always wanted to be like the oh like oh I'm so approachable but no I have a very kind of grumpy projected resting bitch face um as I'm told I'm also just kind of like just very timid um until I get to know someone but like it's it's very difficult for me so like see I'm very you f- smiley you feed off of other people's energy is what happens well yeah but like when i'm in public if a customer service people comes up to c- customer service person comes up to me for instance i immediately smile mm-hmm. whether i'm saying no thank you or yes i do need help i smile which I, is try kind of I try to default is which was ingrained in me because my first jobs were customer service jobs mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of there now. And it's kind of useless right now because I'm wearing a mask, but I, I still do it because I feel like it kind of have you, have it, you noticed, it elevates my voice, I think. Have you noticed that you find yourself like excessively smiling under the mask to try and just project that facial expression across? Yeah, to try and get the smizing. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Just to be like, I am smiling. I'm not just, you know, being a massive bitch. Like, yeah. Um, and it was particularly enjoyable because... Um, in the last day or two, I did kind of put out an announcement, sounds so bougie, but kind of said, you know, like, I'm taking a break for the summer mm-hmm. from videos, <laughs> obviously, still going to be doing the weekly podcast, still going to be doing live streams. Um, but from, you know, full production videos, I'm taking a break um, until for the summer, so till September. 
and to do that and then there was a lot of you know positive feedback from that mm-hmm. from patrons and tr- just from people in general kind of saying you know like take care of yourself self-care is important to say that and then within two days have someone come up to me and say i'm a huge fan in person yeah was like oh wow and it you know it sounds like to me this sounds like i'm bragging like oh my god i'm so famous <laughs> um but it's it's it it's it feels weird. Yeah. Um, and not weird in a bad way. Just like. It's it's uh, it's a new experience. Yeah. It's a very new experience that mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with. It's it's like when I got the first 10,000 subscribers mm-hmm. on YouTube, I didn't know how to deal with that. And then afterwards. I remember that, I think. Afterwards, it was, you know, I did a, an AMA. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right, 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 right. But like afterwards every 10,000 I just kind of like put out a tweet being like you know oh my god this is awesome because it felt almost detached at that point still waiting on the next five (laughs) well now that I'm nearing I'm nearing the 100,000 mark I'm at 96 something Mm -hmm. um there's there's that detachment again where I'm kind in my head I'm kind of like yeah I've never hit in that 100,000 I can put out a video that gets 20 million views. Uh, I'm not going to get that extra, you know, like mm-hmm. 4,000 subscribers. Um, and so it's, there's, I, I don't know how I'm going to react when that actually happens, if that actually happens. Um, I say if because I don't like to jinx anything. Uh, the subscriber count goes up every day, but it's just kind of, something i can't i feel like winning an oscar seems more tangible to me than that (laughs) wow okay because i feel like you know like winning an oscar is something i can project Mm -hmm. whereas this is something that's actually like realistically there and so my brain is like that's not going to happen well yeah because the anxiety brain yeah winning an oscar is the bad thing the terrible thing Mm -hmm. the worst thing is going to happen amanda palmer calls that the success please that someday someone's going to just show up at your door and take all of your success away. Well, yeah, like I, I have cancel culture. I have, <laughs> <laughs> like I have anxiety issues, like yeah. hard, um, where I will shut down for a day or more mm-hmm. for anxiety. Like I have shut down for months before. Yes. Um, and I, when something awesome is happening mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, like, this video's going really well, uh, subscribers, writing a book, writing a script, whatever I'm making. There's water over there if you need water. Yeah. Um, whenever I need... Whenever I see a goal coming up in the... Just, like, bashed the chair into the microphone. Did I? I'm sorry. Whenever I see a goal coming in the future, I'm like, oh my god that's actually possibly going to happen and then the anxiety in my brain kicks in and says oh yeah it'll happen but the worst thing in the world will happen too and it's just kind of like that started happening to me in high school because a guy who i'd been talking to who i had a super crush on who lived in alabama was coming to visit and he was coming to visit and the week before he was coming to visit, Israel went to war with somebody. I can't remember who. Egypt. Libya. Egypt, was it? No, I think no. it was Libya. Okay. I think. 
Um, but they went to war, and I was like, oh, yes, Armageddon, World War Three, the week before he gets here. Of course. And so, you know, absolute mess. Thought his plane was going to be shot down out of the sky. His plane was two hours late, so that did not help. And he, yeah, shot out of the sky from Alabama to New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. Yeah. Where, and, where do we live again? Yeah, and, and you know, nowhere important. From Alabama, small town Alabama to small town Canada. and But, you know, they were going to shoot that out of the sky. And, but, you know, that's... That has way more to do with mental health and fandoms, and I don't want to talk about myself <laughs> anymore. And we are, I think... 20 minutes. 20 minutes in? 20 minutes. So let's take a break. Oh, uh, we're taking breaks now? An, okay. an ad break. If you're like me, you read a lot. And I mean a lot. I have a TBR list a mile long. And sometimes I just get kind of overwhelmed. I find Audible is a really useful tool in this regard, because I can basically be reading two books at once. I can be reading a book when I want to actually sit down with a physical book and read it, or if I want to play a video game like Minecraft, I can be listening to a book and cut down my TBR list twice as fast. And right now, Audible, as with all podcasts, is offering a one-month free trial to our listeners. You just go to audibletrial.com tantrum, that's audibletrial.com slash T-A-N-T-R-U-M. And you can get one free audiobook, as well as podcasts on Audible, self-help books on Audible. I've been an Audible member for literally years now, and I have not gotten through even all of the genres of things that they have, let alone the books that are available. And the price of Audible is actually less than one paperback book a month. So you can sign up today at audibletrial.com slash tantrum. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash T-A-N-T-R-U-M. You'll be supporting the podcast, and you'll be getting an awesome book at the same time. And we're back. Hi. Hello, How, how you, How's everyone doing? Welcome back. You're doing, you're doing okay? I hope you enjoyed the ad break. Ad break. Now go sign up for Audible. <laughs> um... <laughs> um so yeah, now that we're back. Just be the ad, like, sign up for Audible and like, do it. Um, so now that we're back from the break, let's stop talking about me and talk about fandoms in general. What was, I feel like fandom, the first thing I want to talk about, which might end up just being the next 40 minutes, is I feel like fandom culture has gotten supremely toxic i think that pretty sure i just blew into the microphone always has been toxic it's just now we have the internet that's around to reject people i mean like ask a girl comic book stores have always been toxic environments but i i'm talking about like fan it it where it used to be (laughs) exclude fandoms used to be exclusionary in so far as oh, you're a girl, you're not a real comic book fan. Or, oh, you're, uh, you are not the type of person that I think should be a fan of this, et cetera, et cetera. Or you're cetera. being a fan the wrong way. Yeah, like, I remember um, boys being very much, girls can't like Pokemon when I was a kid. What? They're like, you just think Pikachu's cute. You don't actually play the card game or the video games or watch the show or anything. And they all watch the show. But that, I feel like... Fandom used to be very targeted at other fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas now fandom has kind of become targeted at the creators and at the brands 
for not doing exactly as the fans right uh cue a number of death threats at uh video game developers for not doing exactly the pet projects that the fans want that one particular fan wanted them to do well the 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 pokemon team um Mm -hmm. they released the trailer for pokemon um rcs rcs no it wasn't rcs wasn't it the no no, they released the trailer for that and people were like oh my god Mm -hmm. this is amazing it's it's not just called rcs it's something else but yeah um adventure rcs i don't know know. and then they released the previews for the remakes of um uh the fourth gen games yeah um platinum and diamond platinum diamond and no that's pearl and diamond which one was the i think anyway those ones yeah um fourth gen Mm -hmm. and because it's kind of it's it's a it's isometric it's isometric two and a half d cartoony Mm -hmm. fans were like i can't believe i can't believe that they would do this to me like i i i got so mad at people for that first of all this is a children's video game i stopped myself from swearing from swearing please 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 praise me um (laughs) um second of all like you're a grown-ass person get a hobby third of all like it's the Breath of the Wild argument, like, oh my god, I can't believe that there is such a downgrade in graphics from from Twilight Princess to Breath of the Wild. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, just because it is not a photorealistic artistic direction does not mean that artistic direction is less valuable or that it took less effort to make. And guess what, children? Twilight Princess was not. Twilight Princess did not age well. I mean, like, I've seen... Link looks great. Mm-hmm. But NPCs looked like they got smashed in the face with a, uh, a two by four. Environments look good from far away, but when the second you get into a close up space, it looks terrible. Um, and part of the reason is, yeah, that just was graphics at the time, and they put a lot of effort into Link and his entourage. Um, but even the weird, ugly children, mm-hmm. they they look terrible. Yeah, uh, it's it's Link, Midna, Zelda, and the Wolf that look good. In yeah, that game. I'm really interested to see how the Skyward Sword remake looks Mm -hmm. because skyward sword is like the bastard child of zelda that's the one that it's like zelda 2 where everyone's like ah that's 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 the lowest tier zelda really i didn't think it was that bad well it's none of the zelda games are bad that's the thing except for zelda 2 um i I think but people kind of have it down on that tier and i think that's another element of um like toxic fandoms where their expectations were just so high without realizing that nintendo doesn't like usually do direct sequel games they Mm -hmm. whenever when they start a new zelda game they start fresh yeah like this is only the third time there's been a direct sequel Uh, and in any cases it's always a matter of um to a zelda game not in general it's they haven't they're not done finished this exploring this environment yeah and in in any case it is zelda 2 was a direct sequel but that's really just because they didn't know quite the what the zelda mythos was yet. yeah majora's mask, majora's was, a mask was a direct, direct sequel, sequel but that's kind just, of maybe but it's very well, allegorical it's di- it might not be it's like, a direct sequel to one of the three timelines and that's just because they had to get the game out fast and they had mm-hmm. the engine yeah this is a direct sequel to breath of the wild takes place a couple of years later and might take place a couple thousand years in the past which is it also like a commentary on um not a commentary but just like it is 
continuing the narrative. It's the first time they've actually continued the same story. And that's because Breath of the Wild 2 was originally supposed to be DLC, but then it just spiraled out of control and, the real, and they realized mm. that this is an entirely game on its own. Anyway, I want when to... you look at the new trailer, Link has two very distinct looks mm-hmm. where one of them, he has long hair and one of them, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the long hair one looks suspiciously like the hero of time looks in the tapestry from Breath of the Wild. And that's why it's kind of like a lot of people are like, I wonder if the game is, as Zelda is want to do, have a time travel mechanic. Mm -hmm. And some of the game actually takes place thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, at that first battle kind of thing. Which would be cool. Um, also figuring out how this game fits into the rest of the Zelda timeline because nobody really knows right now. No. Uh, but this isn't as... Well, this, this game would be after Breath of the Wild, which is the mm-hmm. culmination of all the timelines. Uh, yeah. All of the timelines lead to Breath of the Wild. Nobody really knows how that happened, though. How all the timelines culminated. Like, that's kind of no. a big mystery. But I want to go back to on Pokemon because, like, the Pokemon remakes yeah. that they're making that look adorable, uh, people got so the mad at that. It's like, wh- why, what does Game Freak owe you personally? First of all, what does Game Freak owe you personally? They don't owe you anything. They owe a continued projection of making these games. Um, they don't even owe you an evolution of the format because the format keeps selling. Yeah, they make mistakes like with Sun and Moon. Um, but like, I can't, I still can't believe that Sun um, and Moon sold like crazy though. It did. It's just that, you know, they are kind of weaker games, especially the follow up ones. But the ones that just came out, God, what are they called? Sword and Shield. I really, really liked them. Me too. And a lot of people who have like been fans of the franchise from the very beginning, they're, beginning, they're like, out of all of the games in the Pokemon format, these ones do really, really well, even if they are a little bit shorter. But um, people complained incessantly about them because they were like, I was promised an open world and it's really just an open field with well, yeah, Nintendo owes it, it. Nintendo owes its existence to very slow uh, progression of how it adapts its intellectual properties. Yeah. Um, when you get a Nintendo game in a certain franchise, you know exactly what you're getting. You know what you're getting, and 99% of the time, you know that even if it doesn't fit what you expect, it's still mm. going to be good. But there was a thing. Someone uh, saw the trailer for the isometric game that they're coming out, the remake, mm-hmm. and they're like... I need, I'm going to fix this. And so they fixed it, quote, quote, fixed it. Um, so that it was like all 3D rendered models and like it was yeah. like, you know, like third person view and there were like traps and everything. And then like it was kind of just like panoramic shots and sometimes you'd see like a little movement. But then at the end of the the, fa- the fan-made trailer, you saw the models actually moving and the, it looked crappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not run properly. They did not move properly. Their feet did not t- connect with the ground properly. They clipped through things. And it's like, see, yeah. see, it's not that easy. It's, it's harder than you it's think. It's not that easy. Like I've seen... Um... I don't know what that was. Um, I've seen... Uh, God, this is why I should never do mushrooms. I just, <laughs> I just had a vision of, like, you know, other versions of us. He hasn't done mushrooms. I've <laughs> never done mushrooms. I'm terrified of doing Clarify mushrooms. Clarify that. Um, I, I had this vision of an you and a different version of you and me from another dimension screaming out through the audio, desperately crying for help because the dimension is being destroyed or the universe is being wow. destroyed. That's where my stop watching Marvel shows. That's where my head went with that little audio blip. But uh but yeah, I've seen people do like fully rendered kind of stuff in like Unreal Engine mm-hmm. for like remakes of Ocarina of Time, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um and even remakes, full 3D remakes of Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. And they are 
amazing. They look amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's some that are like pre-rendered and some of it's gameplay. And they look fantastic. And they're doing this as a project for school because they're in school for video game development. Mm-hmm. And then there will be people in the comments just berating them for not making the entire game. And it's like, first of all, do you know how the much games work take that is? so many people to make in general? So, you know, one person doing it. Second of all, that would be a waste of time because Nintendo would take that down immediately. Yeah. Third of all, like you need an insane amount of processing power and an insane amount of dedication to actually get that done. Well, yeah, but it, and, and really just like, well, why don't you do it? Yeah. You, you want you want an example of a very well made so one person studio um, game, uh, a one person a game made by a one person studio. Look at Stardew Valley. Yeah, because like, that's what you have to do when you're one person. And what Stardew Valley is now is not what it was five years ago. No, no, it's constantly evolving for free. Granted, when you buy the game. Yeah, you buy the game and then you get the free up. He doesn't charge you. I think it's a guy. It's a guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He doesn't charge you for the new content that he adds, and he's always adding new content. Yeah. And he keeps in touch with the fan base and stuff. So that was, yeah. you know, I mentioned Marvel. That's Wholesome an... fandom right there. Yeah. I have never met anyone a fan of Stardew Valley who is toxic. Yeah. Everyone want everyone always picks Alex as the romance option. It's it's a universal rule I'm learning, which kind of sucks. I pick Shane. I pick, I like Sam. I pick Shane. I like Broken Boys. I know you like Broken Boys. Um, my my fan base also is one of that's those what I was hoping of... to segue into. Your fan base is so chill, like like so easygoing. Like when I I asked my patrons, like, would you be okay with me taking a break? Mm-hmm. um because partially because i'm kind of worn down and partially because youtube dies in the summer apparently mm-hmm. um because you know people are not sitting at their computers just i was watching so happy youtube i videos. was so happy with how the yuri on ice video came out oh me too that, it was really good but they i asked them you know would it be okay if i took a break because you guys are paying me should i just can i take a break and still put out some content like the podcasts should i can or should i like just you know stop all of your donations until i come back and uh i forget what the exact number was but it was like 96 to like no 98 to 4 i think Mm -hmm. saying just take a break um you know, like self-care is important. And even like I released a little trailer on YouTube saying, you know, I'm going away when I come mm-hmm. back, here's some stuff I'm going to cover. And most of the comments are have a great vacation. <laughs> and then other comments are, oh my God, I noticed this clip, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like my fan base fr- friendos <laughs> It's so I, I decided to just call them friendos just yeah. so everyone clear that because like we i don't like saying like the fans of james summerton like that's that so bougie bougie i guess so it just sounds it's like, like a massive fans. massive dick move just like ego like yeah i don't like that like, I, I don't want to say you have fans until I have a like complete disconnection. From I, I think that, but I think it's also when and I'm not aiming it for transfers from friendos to fandoms because the friendos that are there kind of at the same time interact with the media in a way that is a feedback directed at you and to you that you sort of don't necessarily change the direction of where you're going with things, but you do kind of realize and acknowledge just the kind of values that your fandom that the fandom does have. Yeah, and I think a a big part of it is you know like i feel like contrapoints has fans mm-hmm. um because 
I, I, I feel like YouTubers who don't read the comments have quote-unquote fans. Mm-hmm. Whereas I read the comments, I respond to the comments, all of them. Every day I'm checking the comments. because, And I'm not checking them to be like, oh, I, w- I hope I'm getting praise. I'm checking them in case someone asks me a question mm-hmm. that I can answer. Not just that, but one thing I was really impressed with, you said you check the comments to make sure that no one posts anything particularly toxic. Like, you will tolerate yeah. and appreciate dissenting opinions. Oh, yeah. But if someone goes on... You can on... call me an idiot. I don't care. Yeah, but, but if don't someone... Don't say anything, if, like, transphobic if someone, or something. Yeah, says something deliberately bigoted. If someone attacks one of your other followers... Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else in the fans like you want to shut that stuff down and i think because you do take such an active role in uh shaping the fandom Mm -hmm. uh, i think that kind of doesn't really mean that it is a fandom yeah like i do have some certain words blocked Mm -hmm. that you can't say period um and obviously gay is one of them (laughs) obviously (laughs) (laughs) um but supernatural um I do the TV show. Oh, you have that blocked? No. Oh. I don't. Just a lot of people have asked me to cover it. And I'm like, no. no. Um, I said no in my gay baiting videos. But um, I do have certain words blocked, just like on Twitter. And there are... And YouTube also does a certain amount of moderating. You wouldn't mm-hmm. think it, but they do. And a lot of people who are angry with me over certain opinions will you know write out this long tirade Mm -hmm. that involves a lot of words that youtube does not like youtube does not allow them to post it youtube's also pretty iffy on the word queer yeah Mm -hmm. in chat but not so much in comments yeah okay um but and then they come at me saying you deleted my comment i didn't delete your comment Mm -hmm. i unless you called someone transphobic or unless you, you know, you said s- something transphobic or homophobic or something like that, I didn't delete your comment. Mm-hmm. I Because I didn't delete the comments on the Rowling video calling me fat. Because even though that actually, like, you can call me any sl- any gay slur you want. I mm-hmm. don't care. You call me fat and that actually hurts. Yeah. And because that's something that I know and that I'm working on. And they're still there. I didn't delete them. Maybe it's because I want people who... Uh, to see it and come after them um (laughs) we'll neither confirm or deny that that's not a direction i'm just saying the comments exist (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like first of all they're not that hard to find uh, we talked about this a bit on (laughs) like waving me shut up (laughs) oh no no, i'm I'm not waving you to shut up i'm waving because i want to talk um so yeah shut up um like on the discord for your the friendo discord um called so many tantrums yeah so many tantrums um like we were kind of talking about that because there were a lot of uh after the killing stalking video there were a lot of young women Mm -hmm. coming at you very very hard and there was a kind of debate like do we censor that because on one hand you know they are literally putting themselves out in the world like these are public spaces that you are throwing that kind of negativity and hatred into and i think a lot of people don't realize that when you comment on something you are not working in a direct line of conversation of of connect of communication Mm -hmm. that is you making these statements on a public account in a public space which means if that is your actual account linked to your actual personal information um that always like anime avatars and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, but never like actual people. That I, I think there were a few that were like it was an actual personal account. 
because uh, I remember there was one specific debate, like, do we take those down? And like, the, the, what we came around to was like, yeah, we should probably take those down because like, yeah, it is a public space, but at the same time, these are teenage girls. And for that stuff, that kind of vitriol to follow them for the rest of their life, I don't think that's worth it. Like, well, they and I mean, I don't think it's going to follow them from a YouTube comment section. I guess not. No. But killing the killing stalking video was one where that went wide. Like that's at something like eight hundred and fifty thousand views now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that is my by far my most viewed video, and so that that went well beyond the sort of you know like queer circles of YouTube that went into the fandom circles, the killing stocking fandom, and they were none too pleased. Some of them, uh, some of them were none too pleased, and they had lots to say. And then there were other people in the killing stocking fandom sort of saying, "Thank you for saying this. I've been trying to say this for years, and now I can just send them this video." Um, which I, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that there were people in that camp mm-hmm. kind of coming to defend the work as a great work of horror uh, fiction, I not a romance. that was like the but... third wave of people commenting on the video and kind of talking about it on Twitter. Uh, like the first wave was, you know, like your followers and stuff. The second wave was like the hate watchers. And then there was like a flux of people who were like, oh my God, I can't believe someone is actually talking about this media in a thoughtful and eloquent kind of way. It isn't just praising this for being romantic uh, genius mm-hmm. or decrying it for being uh, a celebration of abuse. Yeah. And um, should we talk about the special message you got for that? I'll keep it private. What special message? From the... Oh, the publisher. Yeah. From Lejin, Le, Le I think it's mm-hmm. pronounced. Yeah, I got a, a message from the publisher of Killing Stalking mm-hmm. um, kind of thanking me for the video. Yeah. Um, which I was incredibly kind of shocked by mm-hmm. because uh, because they, they were thanking me on behalf of Kugi. Yeah. Because Kugi is very secretive. Mm-hmm. And so Kugi did not reach out. She, she apparently reached out through her publisher, which yeah. is kind of amazing. Um, so you know like the the video got back to the creator which yeah. is a really cool like sort of another cool like element of fandom like you know like it's cr- kind of cross-pollination at that yeah point. because the creator literally said yes he's right <laughs> <laughs> um but uh oh, I, was, I was going somewhere and now i forget i'm sorry oh no no it's fine um but yeah like that video really kind of showed me the sort of darker side mm-hmm. of fandom i guess because yeah. there were a lot of people saying you know like he hates women that's been following me yeah this sort of james summerton hates women because in killing stalking they they perceived that as saying you know women aren't allowed to have kinks and in the jk rowling video it's like you hate women and because like, you support no. because you support trans women that means you hate all women i'm like no that that's literally not how that works <laughs> and even in the with the yuri on ice video there's been comments saying that i hate women why um, this time uh, this time because you know most of the fan base of yuri on ice is women mm-hmm. and they're saying you know kind of like you hate women because you're lopping them in and saying that they can't tell the difference between what's straight and gay and all this stuff. And I'm like... I mean, well, if you can't, then you can't. And then getting offended by it, about it isn't going to... Excuse me, fix that problem. Like... Well, I did have a comment today that I, I laughed at. Cause they were like, watching this video, I'm very um, sad that westernized 
just means Americanized now. And they're like, I live in Europe and I don't want to be lopped in with America. And honestly, that's why I don't like using the term westernized, like Western media versus Eastern media or Japanese media or Chinese media. Like the West refers to such a massive range of nations. Well, yeah, the with West different was cultures. Rome and also France further, and, Engl- and England and America. Furthermore, like the concept of West is, ver- is rooted in a um, Eurocentric kind of ideal where Europe was... The West, as far West as you could go, what they believed at one point, and everything else was East. That's why you have the Middle East, which is really just, you know, former... Yeah, and the Far East is China and stuff, and then North America is just... Yeah. I I, I once heard, um, I think, what's his name? I can't remember. He's a um, Canadian native, a local native, uh, who makes uh, music. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he uses, you know, kind of more American musical styles, but uses the Mi'kmaq language. Mm-hmm. What's the language called? mikmaq Yeah. Um, and, like, the he's kind of praised for, like, combining uh, a native language with a Western style. It's like, oh, wh- why are you calling him West? Like, a West, like uh, why is native incompatible with western culture like you know mm-hmm. this is the west like this is th- like this is here like yeah. this is west of the west like why is there a discrepancy there and so i don't like using the term west because it's just filled with so many um post-colonial and colonial hang-ups that i just say like okay is this media americanized yes or no yeah um i just want to apologize for the other sound glitch i'm not sure what that was are you noticing a bit of an echo and sound well that's just the headphones okay but yeah um the other and, and the sort of interdimensional nick and james are screaming out to us they need help james the east versus west debate is probably going to continue because there is going to be an anime video mm-hmm. uh in the fall and that's going to cover some stuff like but, skate infinity yeah. and um uh God, I can't remember the name of the other one. Banana boat, banana fish. No, that's that has okay. to do with um, free. Yeah, free, free. Uh, banana fish ha- is going to have to do is going to be connected with my um, sort of gays in the mafia mm-hmm. history of the gays in the mafia video. Which, like, I think we were fairly sensitive in, in terms of like a depiction of like a comparison between Japanese there's, and American there's culture. There's been a a lot of comments on the video, kind of saying like exactly that that one person specifically uh yesterday or the day before said this is the first time i've seen you know westerners talking about eastern media and actually Mm -hmm. treating it with reverence Mm -hmm. and not just either sort of fangirling over it Mm -hmm. or criticizing it yeah and we weren't trying to be reverent by any means necessary like we were talking we were trying to just depict like a comparison between like the cultural leanings of why certain media is the way it is in either respect of geopolitical um geosocial area um and you know just kind of speaking to the ways that mythologies shape cultural values yeah and the way mythologies are shared like that was my favorite part to write i'm so glad it got it got kept in like it's so much fun writing that um and you had a lot of fun editing that part too i had a lot of fun edit Mm -hmm. this video the the yuri on ice video i had so much fun writing it just all of it um or not writing it you wrote it but you wrote most of it making it editing it shooting it all of it like the whole process i had so much fun doing all of it and it's the honestly the first time in a, in a while where i've just had so much fun mm-hmm. doing it all because whereas i had a lot of fun 
editing and preparing the killing stalking video that mm. was a nightmare to shoot we had to shoot it three times remember yeah yeah um three and a half because i think i gave up once <laughs> um and the billy teddy video was fun to make and everything but Not then fun to edit well no it was really? it was okay. it was fun to edit but then the day it got released my mom ended up in the hospital right. so i didn't really get Jesus. to enjoy the release of oh it. god and before that was the Holocaust video. Mm-hmm. Wow, it has not... That that's that took thing. me like two and a half months to edit just because I had to take like a two-week break. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the killing stalking thing, I wanted to kind of shoot off of like... But I just of, wanted to... Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, I had another ahead. kind of thing because we are supposed to be talking about fandoms. I was going to use the killing stalking to kind of... Yeah. Um, that the Yuri on Ice fandom has been mm-hmm. very positive mm-hmm. toward the the, uh, the video. Mm-hmm. Um sort of saying like thank you for taking this seriously thank you for not just saying like oh it's an anime <laughs> mm-hmm. and like thank you for treating it with respect and thank you for not just writing it off because it's not you know like they're not screwing in the rink <laughs> and saying like you know because there are cultural differences between the east and the west and I so mean that Yurio and Odebeck skating short that, that was did. basically that was that was basically, that was sex, basically on sex on the ring um, <laughs> and and they've been the the most negative comments that I've gotten on that video have been people saying can you point out where someone was saying this was straight like that that's the most <laughs> negative comment that I've gotten on, on that video. <laughs> just watching that and looking at you being like, what? Yeah. And I, I just like, I just tell them like, TikTok, go to TikTok. They're there. The straight, um, the straighters, the straight, the straight baiters, the straight shippers? The people who are convinced that they're straight are on TikTok. Why? Gosh. Um, which I'm like, is TikTok just the worst place? Because that's where everyone thinks that, this is, that we're Song, 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 Wo, Song Wo and Yunbum. Yunbum. Um, I think. Sorry, I've I'm been so sorry criticized to hard friendos. for the pronunciation of their names in the Killing Stalking video. But there is, I was when I was working at TikTok a, is yeah. where the shippers for them are. Yeah, I need to apologize. When when I was working at a call center, uh, we did have some Korean clients. Um, it is more difficult to translate to use like online translators to go from English and Korean back and forth than any other language that we had to work with. Huh. Korean for some reason just does not jive with English very well. Yeah, because it was even really easy for me to translate for the Yuri on Ice videos, like the the, the chapters where it's in mm-hmm. Japanese, yeah. um, and the translation is at the bottom. That was super easy for me to translate, mm-hmm. and I've been told by some people who speak Japanese that it's dead well, on accurate. Specifically, because um, because that's how the Google Translate algorithm works. It takes two pieces of identical media and compares the two languages and how they're translated differently, which is much more organic than having a this phrase means this thing. It it takes into con- into consideration cultural attitudes around certain phrases. Yeah. So because of the massive volume of online anime and online manga, oh, yeah. like there that. would be so much material to, to kind of from, reference yeah. from. But Korean, there's still not a whole lot of integration. Into yeah, because North most manhwa is translated into English by mm-hmm. the author. Yeah. So it's it's because, you know, English is so pervasive in Korea, mm-hmm. in South Korea, that most manhwa is just, it's made in Korean and in English by the author themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, like, I, and I, sometimes I, that leads to some funky dialogue <laughs> changes. 
But, but like I don't I I hate like it when people paint, painter of the night painter of the dark painter painter, the, painter in the dark painter in the dark there are some odd dialogue choices there where I'm like I bet this makes more sense in like, Korea I I never really insult or I, I I don't like it when people kind of apologize to me like oh I'm so sorry my English is so terrible I'm like who broke you like girl yeah. you are speaking another language in a way that I can understand you are speaking uh, better capably. English than most politicians legit but also like you know we don't re- we don't we give English people so much credit for being able to speak another language even not in very all. well with with no and, with no inflection like someone who like, can just speak French not even with like any kind of like yeah, but properly when it's the other way around there is so much criticism given to people who don't to foreigners who don't speak perfect English. And it makes me so sad that yeah. people feel they need to constantly uh, apologize. I've said that to a lot of people because I've been co- covering a lot of foreign content lately, mm-hmm. specifically Asian content. Um, like I've said to a lot of people, like, no, you are doing great mm-hmm. with your English. And, I, I wish and I... I've only gotten one like really rude comment from mm-hmm. an Asian person mm-hmm. kind of saying, like, don't cover this stuff if you can't pronounce it properly and i'm like like first of all do you realize how many pronunciations of words there are in english alone like it is an incredibly disparate language across like because apparently i pronounced yuri's last name wrong but i pronounced it the way it's pronounced in the show so i don't know Mm. but i wanted to talk about like a comparison between like killing stalking and yuri on ice like there is no way to predict which fandom is going to end up being completely toxic. Yeah. Like, it is so how weird. How come they didn't, like, come, when the Billy and Teddy video came out, how come they weren't like, oh my god, this is Yuri and Victor? I mean, that's closer illustration or comparison. Ash and, uh, oh shit, I forgot his name, uh, from Banana Fish. Like, mm. they're also blonde and, and dark hair. Why wasn't it them? Why didn't you turn me on to Banana Fish in February? Why did you send me into the killing stocking void? <laughs> I mean, like, not complaining, given that it's almost got a million views. Well, yeah, like, and, oh, bi- the Billy and Teddy video. Well, it's really a WandaVision video. It's, it's, it's a Scarlet Witch It's, it's a Scarlet Witch video. It's a Scarlet Witch with some gay on the end. What are we talking about? Um, We're talking about... It, it crossed a billion... Not a billion. It crossed half a million last week. Oh, high five! Sorry, yeah. we're a little bit far away. That was kind of weak, but yeah. we'll do we'll do it. We'll try it again, and when we're gone, we're just that white. But yeah, it um, crossed half a million views. But like, and you were talking, and this kind of links excited. it back to the original, like toxic. So I think fan... Loki is kind of bringing that back. Hope maybe, yeah, because like we I talked. I did want to get on. We talked that. about a lot about the timekeepers in not a lot about the timekeepers. We talked about a lot about Mortis, who is the timekeepers. Yeah, uh, different versions of Mortis and different timelines are the timekeepers. At least in the comment. I actually have a theory about this, Loki. If it turns out I, that the timekeepers are Immortus, I am posting that video everywhere. I have a theory rename it. <laughs> that the uh, the timekeepers only became a thing after Thanos destroyed the Infinity Gems five years prior. Mm. Because that's when time got destabilized because of the because yeah. like what Tilda Swinton said with her visual metaphor, like the times do, the Infinity Gems keep the single timeline time in check. Representation of the timekeepers, mm-hmm. like the, yeah, the, but that's all the Loki stuff that yeah. we we, sh- we need to save that for because because then you can because like five years can be an eternity when you have time travel and stuff. Anyways, yeah, like fandoms have become incredibly toxic, and I think that's and the Marvel one reason. is what I wanted to talk about because the Marvel fandom 
for the last decade mm -hmm. has been the one that everyone looks at like when Star Wars goes toxic. Mm -hmm. and they why can't they, you be like your, your, your why, good? Why can't you be like Marvel? When, <laughs> when DC is like, you know, release the Snyder Cut. Mm -hmm. They're like, why can't you be like Marvel? But now that it's mm -hmm. not the Marvel movies, it's the Marvel TV shows. And it's not just here's the movie and everyone goes mm -hmm. and watches it. And it's got and because now the Marvel fans are being fed the sort of prediction mm. uh, culture yeah, that kind of started with Lost back in the 2000s. Thanks, JJ. And so, you know, because Disney insists on the weekly release, which does keep the show mm -hmm. in people talking about it more, which brings up its, uh, its ratings, mm -hmm. whereas, you know, Netflix shows, they... They come, they hit big, and then they usually go away in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's not often you get a Witcher. A Witcher or a... Yeah, Witcher, pretty much. Um, there were other ones, too. can't remember. But um, because of that, mm -hmm. fans kind of decide, okay, this is how WandaVision should happen to yeah. end for me to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't, they're very dissatisfied. Which, like, and the same thing yeah. happened with Falcon and the Winter Soldier to a mm -hmm. lesser degree, but it did happen. And the same thing is happening with Loki now. Mm -hmm. And, it's Mephisto! <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, I, I, like, the podcasts are there. You can listen to them where we're having our theories back and forth mm -hmm. about WandaVision. 90% of them did we not We were talking about it the other day, and we were kind of, like, just shooting the... Can we say... I say shit, yeah. yeah. Okay, we were just shooting the shit. And, we're, and I, I kind of just threw my arms. I'm like, James, we need to stop this. Like, I don't have a clue what they're going to do with Wanda. And you know what? They have earned my trust with that character. Yeah. Um, not so much with Falcon and or the Winter Soldier, but or Captain no. America and or the Winter Soldier. Um, and certainly not, um, what's his face? Adam Walker. No, not Adam Walker. John Walker. John Walker. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, US, US agent who is a white supremacist in the comics and suddenly is a hero in the TV show. Mm. Yeah. That show had a lot of problems. And like, I, I'm kind of like, just like, I don't recognize this Loki as being part of any arc within Loki's history. I have a feeling that it's going mm -hmm. to be part amalgam of a bunch of different attitudes from Loki comics. I have a feeling that it's going to be part just creation and part establishing what happens next. Like, I'm enjoying the show. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Tom Hiddleston, like... of course, is doing a fabulous job. So is um, Owen Wilson. Oh, my God, Also yes. doing a great job. Everyone on the show is doing a great mm -hmm. job. Except for... Fem Loki, right? Fem Loki, yeah. who, who might be Lady Loki. Who we've only had like I 30 seconds of. I think we should give her another episode before yeah, we really kind of make a verdict. Personally, myself, but... I don't think she's actually a Loki variant. You you but think she's Amora Enchantress? I, I don't. Amora the Enchantress. Whoever she is, yeah. I don't think she's a Loki variant. I'm probably wrong, but I don't think she is. She's missing the fur collar and she is missing the long, dark, voluptuous hair and the black lipstick. Yeah. Sorry, those are the signature looks. <laughs> yeah. So. But like I said, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But but like the, that's the Marvel, kind of, the toxicity of the Marvel fandom. Yeah, the toxicity, which was kind of never there, mm -hmm. because the Marvel fans weren't even that toxic toward Black Panther or Captain Marvel. Like the loud ones were, mm -hmm. but they made a billion dollars each, mm -hmm. so obviously they didn't matter. Well, another thing Whereas is, whereas like... the loud ones with WandaVision mm -hmm. now have people who really, really, really love the show, saying, mm -hmm. "Well, I guess it's not that good." And the same thing for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. people who really, really, really liked the show now mm -hmm. saying, well, I guess it wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. And it and seems what people like don't realize is that because these... these things are taking longer mm -hmm. to span out, 
those the toxic fans which for marvel seem to be the minority Mm -hmm. now have more time to make their opinions known yeah i think not just that but it's also letting them dominate the conversation where you know like because it's the loudest captain marvel dropped it happened nobody can really stop the movie in the movie theater to kind of debate about what was going to happen or what should happen you sat there you watched it you took it in it happened and then it made a fortune and your your opinion meant nothing regardless of that i mean like regardless of whether you liked it or not didn't really matter so much because because people saw it for themselves. Yeah, but, uh, but and the other case... thing with Captain Marvel was you could be there and saying it's a bad movie, it's a bad movie, mm-hmm. but your opinion is going up against thousands of pictures Sorry. of little girls going to the movie theater dressed mm-hmm. as Captain Marvel, and yeah. guess what wins out on the internet? I, I wasn't even talking about in the sense of Captain Marvel. Let's talk about Doctor Strange. Like, you can say like, oh my God, Doctor Strange should happen like this, and like that doesn't matter because it happens too soon for you to actually project an opinion well, yeah, of. You have all of these ideas of mm-hmm. what Endgame. The amount of theorizing you yeah. and I did over Endgame. Endgame. We sat down, and three hours later, it was over. Yep, that was it. It was like, but like the difference of WandaVision is that there's a week between there's a week between episodes. So you watch the episode and you're like, okay, this is how this episode is going to fit into my theory. And it's very, very interesting that right up until the last minute Mm -hmm. of WandaVision, I was waiting for Mephisto. Yep. Her in the cabin. I was like, Mephisto, he's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Right until the end. Like, and this is what I think they should do. I think Kevin Feige at the beginning of Doctor Strange first five minutes like thor ragnarok and Surtur, just murder mephisto i think Mephisto's, that's it done that, that would be a joke but that i feel like that would be kind of like uh oh but the, the number a pietro joke yeah where i think because that did piss a lot of fans off and like rightfully so like i the, don't okay. it, it, i get why they did it because who else could impersonate quicksilver that would mm-hmm. fool the fans as well as wanda i don't think except for evan peters mm-hmm. i get why they did it i get it was a great um meta. concept yeah. very meta but i also get why fans were really pissed off that he ended up being a nobody i and i he wasn't quicksilver from another dimension or anything from, like that i'm going to take your perspective and say from a marketing perspective kevin feige needs to find some way to communicate to fans that the um what's his name the gay one who does lots of drugs and orgies Brian Singer, Singer. that the Brian Singer X-Men are not going to be imported over into the MCU because that will, that's what everyone was saying. Here's the thing. It was basically a middle finger to everyone, to a lot of fans, because it was like, oh, here's Quicksilver from the Mm -hmm. X-Men universe. You know, we own the X-Men now and we're bringing them in. Here he is. Oh, but that's not him. And it was a huge middle finger to them. It felt like a huge middle finger to them. Even though I know that's not what the plan was. The plan mm-hmm. was how do how can we fool Wanda into thinking it's Pietro and the viewers at the same mm-hmm. time? And it worked. Oh, like, there's really? another Pietro. Yeah. Let's do that. So I get it. Brilliant idea, but I also get why people were pissed off. You can't do that again with Mephisto. No. Because I, I then can. there are okay. a lot of fans who will not forgive you. That's fair. Uh, but you and I have been talking about how they should amalgamate Mephisto, uh, Chithon, Dormammu into one character. Dormammu's already been there. I He's guess kind so. of been a nothing burger. Yeah. So... But just amalgamate like the other satanic Chithonic uh, Marvel yeah. deities into just one Smash character. Smash them all together. Make Mephisto hot like Chithon yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, get a, yeah. Get a decent design for Mephisto for once. Yeah. Like, um, you know, somebody sexy. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know, someone who's attractive. I'm blanking on attractive actors. What the hell is happening? Um, <laughs> um, hot blonde actors. And my brain just goes, beep. Uh, but yeah. So like, I the question is I, like... I, I completely agree. They should just merge all the devils together. Because yeah, that, it's that, a whole storyline explaining in, why all the devils yeah, hate Mephisto. Yeah, even in Marvel, it's kind of a mess. And they kind of ignore the mess most of the time. And it works because it's comics. Except it doesn't because Marvel loves to shoot itself in the foot. Uh... <laughs> Marvel Comics does. Yes, Marvel Comics. The movies um, don't. But like, but you know, I'm like, waiting. I'm waiting. People for are just considering. I am like, surprised mm. no one's come online with any theories about how Loki is going to set up the X Men. Because that was for WandaVision. That was for Falcon. Falcon the Winter Soldier. They were like, "This is how Falcon the Winter Soldier can set up the X Men." Everyone's like, "How we learned oh, yeah, nothing from were. WandaVision." Well, I think they has they have. The, I think the thing is they've learned how it's. They're not going to set up the X Men right now. Yeah. Uh, all the online chatter that I've seen is how it's going to lead into more Scarlet Witch. I mean, I can see the connection there because Mortis does have a very pivotal role exactly. in Scarlet Witch's history. And, you know, it's leading into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But, Loki is dealing with multiverses. Yeah. But one thing so it is makes that, sense. But one thing is that Mar the MCU has never been a one-to-one -one, um, recreation of the comics. Never. They've come close to, in reference... Demon like, in a Bottle is close to Iron Man 2. That's what I mean. Like, they, I think that it's less references and more just acknowledgements of strong yeah. elements in the character's it's past. It's like Planet Hulk is referenced yeah. in Thor Ragnarok, mm -hmm. but you don't get the Planet Hulk storyline. The, uh, the original creation of the Avengers is probably the closest to... Uh, like the 1963 Avengers issue is probably the closest that we're ever going to get to a direct adaptation. Yeah, because Loki was the bad guy. Loki was the bad guy. He but used... even then, it wasn't the same team. Yeah, lo specifically, Loki was the bad guy, He and he used the Hulk to try and set up a disaster that ended up bringing the Avengers together. Yeah. Like the but general broad-stokes premise. Captain America hadn't even been defrosted yet. And Ant-Man and the Wasp were there. Ant-Man and the Wasp were there, yeah. Yeah. Um... Hawkeye and Black Widow were not. Yeah. So they kind of flipped them for mm -hmm. Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah. Um... And then there's, like, the DC fandom, which mm -hmm. is just completely split. In... Yeah. And that makes me sad, because I love DC's stuff. I think it's so mythological. It's so... Mm -hmm. All the characters are so big. Yeah. And, so, like, not just powerful and stuff, but, like, they, they have such grand histories. Some of these... Some of them have been around since the 30s. The thing is, like... They've I'll, been I'll around you, for 90 years. I'll tell you what the problem is with the DC cinematic universe or dceu oh i know what the problem is with the DC As, aside from universe. Zack snyder um or bad Zack snyder is not the problem bad Zack management snyder... at warner brothers what warner bad management at warner brothers yes yeah Zack snyder is not the problem mm -hmm. i think Zack snyder given a good writer mm -hmm. would make a phenomenal movie he's great with visuals he is great with whatever you want to say about his politics he is good with visuals i'm really confused by his politics i pretend i, I don't i don't know it, it seems like he's just in a very he, he's He's coming up to a midlife crisis where he's going to have to make a choice. <laughs> he's I at don't that know. point. I don't. I don't. I thought he was like a hardcore Randian, and now I, it's I like have maybe a feeling not. that libertarianism has become less about a cohesive political ideology it and more never cohesive, and more and more and more so about just picking and choosing specific elements of different pe uh, political creeds and just amalgamating them in a, in one giant kind of. Yeah. A dung beetle orb, like, of just, yeah. Because, like, he Contradictory was, shit. Like, when he did his, um... 
Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead movie uh, remake. There was a lot of homophobia in there, mm-hmm. and now he's like fighting to get gay characters yeah. into movies, and I'm like. What happened there? I'm but like, ah, the... oh, he met Henry Cavill. The thing I ha- I think that is the problem with DC's creative elements is that they aren't treating these characters as mythologies. Whereas that's kind of like the Marvel and DC distinction. Do you like uh, gods trying to be p- humans or do you like humans trying to be gods? Yeah. Um, and so, like, Marvel's kind of really good at the humans trying to be gods thing. Yeah, because you've got um, people like Iron Man. Who are trying... And even, even, like, Loki and Thor, who are literal gods, who are still aspiring to godhood. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the DCEU... Warner Brothers is obsessed with trying to copy Marvel in one way or another. And they want to kind of cash in on those vibes. Um, the closest they ever came was with Harley Quinn coming off of Deadpool. And honestly, I think Harley has kind of been more successful mm-hmm. in at least she's been in more movies. Yes. They um, have allowed her to drop into other because things. Because she is the only character that has been represented in the DCEU, including Wonder Woman, who has actually actualized, who has actualized in a way that is reminiscent of who they are, the essence of who they are in all, in the way that, in the way that the fans think about her. Yeah, like Harley Quinn in the movies is pretty close to Harley Quinn in the comics. At the same time as being a deconstruction of the character herself, whereas Wonder Woman is kind of less about Wonder Woman in the comics and more about the way people think about Wonder Woman. And I love that, yes, and Wonder Woman to speak not. Um, (laughs) Whereas like Wonder Woman in the comics is a lot more hardcore. Well, yeah, Wonder Woman is like, oh... He needs to die. I remember there was him. there was one panel I saw. There was a bank robber that was baiting Wonder Woman, like, hey, I know about Superman and Batman. They have codes that don't let them kill people. She and she's like, do you see Superman or Batman here? Like, <laughs> She just killed him. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> there was another one where she snapped a guy's neck right in front of Superman. And Superman's like, yeah, I, I, I love that version of Wonder Woman. She's like, I, it's, the thing about, and this is like an interesting thing that hasn't been explored in the DCEU, is that you have Batman, Batman a 40-year-old rich man, saying that well, he... Well, he's not 40 in the DCEU anymore. Oh, whatever. Uh, okay. He is both 30 and 60. Okay. okay. And people think that WandaVision was complicated. Uh... Because we've got... <laughs> but, like, let me let me finish the thought. Michael let me Keaton thought. Let me and finish the other one. Yeah, because you have like a 40-year-old rich man who was born into wealth and privilege dictating that he does or does not know what is best for the world when you have literal children of gods who have been alive for thousands of years. I mean, like Wonder Woman, like exploring that character, she is old enough to be aware um, of being able to tell the difference of a situation that she can diffuse with diplomacy in a situation where rehabilitation is possible and being able to peg someone as needing to die in order to preserve the greater good. Uh, Batman's whole rule about he is I can't kill people is because like if I if I start killing people that's the only way I'm going to deal with problems for the rest of my life. And I was like, well, then maybe you shouldn't be crime fighting if it's that easy for you to slip into that territory. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's something that the good Batman writers do explore. Um, yeah. Should Batman be fighting crime? Yes or no? Not should Batman be awesome, but should he be actually doing this? And in the way, like, Wonder Woman hasn't been used to kind of take Wonder Woman in that direction. She's been used to present the Barbie princess, which, if you want to do that, that is a valid depiction of Wonder Woman. But it is not the Wonder Woman that exists across all iterations and ex- I will exemplifications argue of the media. Zack Snyder 
depicts her that way. I didn't watch the new the. That's true. You are right. You are right. She goes for the kill shot mm-hmm. in Zack Snyder movies. Yeah. Um, she she is not the Barbie princess. I, I do want to watch the Zack Snyder the four the, hour the four it, hour it, version. It's better. Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch it. It's better. Um, do they have that scene where Superman overpowers literally all of them at once? That scene is still there, but oh, it's better. Gross. I hate that. It's a be- it's Superman's okay. always going to do that. It's a way better scene. It works way better. Because like for a while in the comics, and Wonder Woman fans loved this the most, is that one Wonder Woman and Superman could technically go to toe to toe for a couple of years. They, yeah. That's changed. Yeah, even like though she times. couldn't fly at the time and was weaker, uh, and that was because she has an abundance of experience and like she's basically a Swiss Army knife of tools and weapons that she can yeah, use. She's been to... around for thousands of years. Yeah, and I like that depiction of Wonder Woman. Like, there, I don't like hierarchies of skill. Like, this person's more powerful than this person. Like, no, I, I like a fluidity. Yeah, the X Men argument of oh, Wolverine power Frank. levels. Yeah. Um, like I, I like a fluid. Franklin Richards versus the one above all. Oh my God, I, I like a fluidity of power levels. People have natural strengths and people have natural weaknesses. Yeah. And these can be exploited. Um, somehow, in a video about fandoms, we ended up fanboying out. Or fanvoying. I'm, what's, this, what's a non-binary fan? Fan. Fan. Fanvoy. Fanvoy. I, I, I like girl boy and thoy. Finiting? Thoy. I don't know. Fanning. Uh, fanning. <laughs> Dakota fanning. <laughs> yeah. L fanning. <laughs> anyway. Um... But yeah, talk, fan, toxicity in fandoms, was it something that was always there, or is it just a matter of how easy... I think easy... it's always been there, but now just it's redirected. But I think it's also just how easy it has become to be a fan. Because of the ease of access and share within the internet, well, it's much depends. easier to be to get involved in the fandom. Which means it's much easier to gravitate towards those toxic groups it's become or become toxic against them. It's much easier to become a fan of comic book heroes. Yes. But it's not easier to become a fan of, say... Um, saga mm-hmm. or you know the wheel of time because or something like that even within the mcu well it will be when the wheel of time show comes out but like fantasy books that are just books there is mm-hmm. no show or movie of them it is the fans of those are still kind of insulated mm-hmm. from the outside world you know like the witcher fans weren't pleased with the fans that came on board to the witcher from the netflix show which is weird who because were, they were the witcher <laughs> fans of the games and the Witcher fans of the books weren't pleased when they showed up. Like the, this, so. this is this is a, that that is a really interesting case. They're just like you know the who's the real who's the true fan in this yeah. situation. I hate the term true fan. That is a gatekeeping term. But in terms of the Witcher, I know who the true fan is. Who is the true fan? Because I read the collection of short stories that the Witcher series was based on. The Netflix series was based on. It was very faithful to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, it cut out it omitted details. It took some liberties, but it captured the spirit perfectly. Um, and I also played The Witcher Three a few times. Um, the Witcher Three, The Witcher video games, is a much more deviated path from the books. Well, it takes place after the books. Takes place after the books and takes a like I was talking a about, lot of license. A lot it. of license with the characters changes characters. Uh, p- racist fans of the games got pissed off that. Uh, Tris Marigold was played by a black woman because of the quote the red hair. She doesn't have the red hair in the books. Her hair is described as chestnut. Yeah, like her and her skin color was omitted. But I know who the real fans are, not just of The Witcher or anything else. Mm-hmm. The real fans are the people who are excited to have more people to talk to about yes. the thing they love. Queen, yes, <laughs> like that. That is 
if you the real fans are the people who just really want to talk to more people about this stuff. Yeah, and like, that's that's universal. That's for Marvel. That's for DC. That's for Drag Race. Because I or you, drag in general, like people who love ballroom drag are happy that people are being exposed to drag mm -hmm. via drag race because now you can expose they, they their foot in the their foot is in the door you can get it in the heel and, now and believe me i have done this rant so many times but you have no idea how much i love talking about the insanity of the scarlet witch to completely people who like her from the com from the movies like oh i like the scarlet witch and like you don't like her yet yeah. <laughs> you you will um and just like the and just i love it, it takes an hour every time, but I will do it until the day I die because I love this stuff so much and I, I can't wait for people to learn about more of it too. So they can be as like, they can like it as much as I can. And that's one of the things I love about my fans mm -hmm. is that they bring their fandoms to me. Yeah. They bring yeah. Yuri on Ice to me. They bring Hannibal to me. Skate they Infinity. bring Skate Infinity. They bring these things to me and say, hey, please watch this if you have any kind of interest. And then I do. And then I'm obsessed. Which I'm now very curious about uh, Canadian depictions of Canadians in anime. Yeah, I where is more that of, coming from? I want to know more about this. Is this like, like Yuri, a legit thing? Yuri, Yuri on Ice. Ice and in Skate, there are characters that are Canadian. I'm like, is this is this like is, a thing that's happening? Is there a cultural obsession with Canadians in Japan? Because I will be on the I next plane. I will move to Japan <laughs> yeah. so fast. Like o Okinawa was one of the places on my list for Need to Go. Oh, I forget where it was. I mean, Tokyo, obviously, I'd love to visit Tokyo. Did you but... hear that the two project leads for the video game of Ghost of Tsushima became uh, official ambassadors for the island? Really? Yes. <laughs> because like the game has apparently brought so much public interest to the island because it's a gorgeous game. You need to play it still, honey. Yeah, I do. I have it for PlayStation 5, and I st it's, on my, it's on my PS5. I, I just haven't played it have never an abused a game's photo mode so much as with Ghost of Tsushima. And I will be playing it in the black and white mode. Yeah. In the Kurosawa the mode. Because yeah. the fact that that exists is just... One thing I... My only criticism about Ghost of Tsushima is that the lip movements are not native to Japanese. They're English lip movements and it's kind of just a Japanese voiceover. I'm like, I should have changed the voice of lip movements. Cause... Anyway. Well, small gripes. Yeah. So that's the end of today's episode. We mm -hmm. ran... Quite a bit longer than I was expecting 15 to. 15 minutes? That's not bad. Um, so, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with a podcast topic that we have we'll think not of. decided yet. Sorry, it's a secret. We know exactly what's going on. Um, we have just, a board full of topics. We, we just do. have to pick one. Yeah. I just don't have the board just in front like of a, me. a dart board and just like throw darts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Just post it on Instagram. This is the next topic. <laughs> so... Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching my videos. And thank you for being so kind for letting me have the summer off. And thank you for and being... some quote-unquote off. I will be planning videos and writing videos all Thank you for but... bringing your wholesome vibes to the Discord, to the comments, to, like, you know, helping James moderate the comments to a small extent. Like, kind of, like, you know, pointing yeah. out things. And, like, people are like, oh, you didn't talk about this thing. And just timestamps. Like... Thank you for being an amazing fandom who yeah. just listened to us talk about fandoms for an hour and 15 minutes i think it's less about what you talk about and more about how you talk about it and i think that's why you know this works yeah but i'm gonna stop recording now because i need to turn the air conditioner back on because <laughs> i am melting thank you guys so much okay. for listening my name is james i'm nick and we'll see you again <clears throat> next week